You know what? I'm, 30, I'm 32 years old. It's 11.30 on a Saturday morning. Let's get it! Hey guys, welcome to episode 83 of CMD Towers Bruise and Build. I'm Mr. Commodore 5 and my fellow host, one could say, plays EDH with winds of abandon, Big Tuck. <laughs> I, you know, I can be a bit of a wild card. Uh, hello, uh, my birdies and birder says, uh, we are coming to you live on a Saturday morning. I am tired. Mr. Combo is tired. He does look tired if you're curious, <laughs> but it was totally worth it. So I'm, I'm good. It looks like it's gonna be a nice, beautiful day today. Uh, are you gonna be watching the sports ball? Uh, I assume you're talking March Madness. Correct. And hell no. Really? <laughs> I have zero. I have zero interest. What? Why? The, the the only times I ever watched March Madness was when K State was in it. K State it was, was just because when K State TV was making a run for it. Yeah. And uh, fr friend J Rod uh, would be you know hyped about it. So it's like ah, okay, I'll watch it. Gotcha. But I mean, I didn't even watch K State basketball this season like regular season just watch the KU game none of that hoops are your those are that's your preferred sport correct no football or, well football yeah obviously but then like hoops is after that right oh yeah yeah i could care less about baseball yeah it's it's like, so there is something to be get I, me to get me to watch baseball we have to be in the world series that's the only time i've watched yeah. baseball in the last 20 years fair, fair point i was gonna say they're like i don't watch it i don't like watching baseball period right but there is like a certain rustic charm about going to the game you know and hearing sure. the, the crack of the bat on the ball and smelling the peanuts and all that stuff but yeah i just hope that uh, where i'm heading out to the crossroads isn't gonna be busy but i'm sure it is because i'm sure ku is playing today oh yeah right I would guess so. I, I don't know. I I, I always gave uh, jabs to our friend Ali because uh, uh, I'd always hit him up whenever KU lost. Oh, yeah. Never when they win. Uh, just to rub it in. Uh, like, like a true friend. What, what everyone wants to hear right yes. now, spoiler free, big tuck. We finished Zack Snyder yes. Justice League last night. Initial thoughts, no spoilers. So I... I don't know if it's because I was drinking White Claws or because I was watching it with you and Davis. I've only thought about that since we watched it. And granted, that was only like 10 hours ago. I think, <laughs> I think, it, I think it's like a four out of five with a recommendation from me. Yeah. Which is shocking because the first one I could look up, I think I gave it one star. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, I don't think there's a single DC movie that you've been like, I recommend you watch that other than maybe Aquaman. Yeah, I but think even that one, even that one, I feel like you were just like, I enjoyed it, but you never were like, I would tell people to watch this. Right. Correct. Um, yeah, for the most part. And I think like, I think that we, I mean, we talked a lot about it with Davis, who I think summed it up interestingly, where he hadn't seen Justice League. So I think that there is, I would say, and may, I think you kind of agree with me on this, um, that the first two-ish hours are just kind of like a retreading of what we already know. Yeah, because, because it's like, I think it was fleshing out, because like the first two hours of the four hours, there were new scenes right. that weren't in the first one, but it, it it was stuff that I think Zach thought I need this story here so that way you actually care about the Flash. Yes, care exactly. About Cyborg. Right, right, right. Totally agree. And I feel like that like that first two hours was like the condensate the the condensation or whatever of like three movies. Right. Yeah. 
And then, but there was this time, and no spoilers, there was a time, there was a moment in this movie, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, I swear to God, that was like, like, throw my hat on the ground, stand up, and like, put my hands on my head. It blew my mind! And like, I the, and I'm like such a, I'm such a poo-poo, like, hipster when it comes to film, that like, this, <laughs> like, that, like, oh, this big moment happens to me so rarely. The fact that that happened in a Zack Snyder Justice League movie. Yeah, I know. I, I, so, I mean, like, say what you will about whatever, you know, tumultuous backgrounds in it. I really, I really, really liked it. <laughs> But I didn't want to. Yeah. How about you? Um, I, you know, for me, I was definitely on the Justice League train. Uh, you, and you, I had to kind of pull Big Tuck aboard. You were you were a defender of the of the first movie. Because I felt like the first movie wasn't great, but there were a lot of moments that were good. And the overall story was it was okay. I mean, I liked Batman versus Superman more than I liked the first Justice yeah, League movie. Agreed. Um, but you know, here in the Zack Snyder cut, I never thought it was going to happen. And then it did. And I was like, okay, it's going to be good. I, 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 I put a stamp of MC number five approval on it. Yeah. It's going to be good. Tuck was a little leery and I'm very happy to say that honestly, this exceeded my expectations. Did it really? It was, okay, good. It, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be, yeah. which is odd because i am usually one to hype up a movie too much and then you, head, yeah and then i get a little disappointed like oh kind of like dark knight rises uh anyways moving on how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no uh i would recommend to the collective do the four hours yeah. definitely watch it um and i've even been reading some like trending posts about it this morning apparently there's warner brothers executives that loved the movie that he put out and they're talking about letting him do Justice League 2 and maybe 3. Whoa. So that way he can complete the story. Wow. That would be wild. That'd be phenomenal. There's even rumors that they want him to do Wonder Woman 3. Huh. Okay. I mean, like, why not now, right? Yeah, I don't think it'll happen because, you know, they have Patty Jenkins as the director for that. And I think that would be like, oh, white man takes like. Yeah, exactly. Role. I, don't, I don't like that. That's, just, that's, that's, just, yeah. that's not a good role for it. And the first Wonder Woman she did was great. Correct. 84 kind of sucked. And I think that had maybe something to do with COVID. I don't know. Uh, um, I think it, it just didn't hit. Yeah. It didn't hit the mark for me. But um, I do think let Zach do Justice League 2 and 3. I think with doing this movie that was supposed to be done four years ago now, I think it showed that he can do his own vision without contradicting the other stuff right, right, that right, the right. directors are doing. Because um, it would also be amazing to see Shazam in Justice League 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be that awesome. Would be, that'd be f***ing great. And, um, and I so. think, like, I think to your point, so two things, I also recommend watching this, um, and I would recommend watching it in a group. Like, I think if oh, I just yeah. watched this by myself in my house, especially for the first half, I probably would have been a little bored because it's like, I already, like, what are we doing here? Like, I get, I get yeah. what's going on here. So it was really fun to, like, crack some beers and, like, talk through it. Um, and then I think to your second point about them, like, kind of letting Snyder off the chain, I think, I hope this is going to be, like, a wake-up call to be like, hey, we don't need a DC universe. We don't need this, like, broad Avengers-style thing. We just need someone who has, like, the director, who has, like, the vision for what he wants yeah. and let him like let him just go and do his own thing and like these movies are completely independent of anything else right yeah well and i don't know if you know this tuck or if the collective knows but Zack snyder's original vision it wasn't a big broad universe 
it was actually a four-part uh, series. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League 1, Justice League 2. Oh. That was his original. That, and, and there might have been a Man of Steel 2 in between the two Justice Leagues. Sure. But he basically had a four or five movie arc that was his vision. And that's like and complete, it was just like, right? Yes, That's and then like I'm done, but then it's like, oh well, yeah, Wonder Woman and Flash yeah, and Cyborg yeah. are here. So if you guys want to do solo movies, you can do it. So I I do agree with you to where he could if they want to let him off the chains and let him do his own vision, he can do that, and you could still go off and do Wonder Woman three like without it. Aquaman yeah. two doesn't doesn't even matter. Like he's been able to show in this movie that he can respect the other directors and like not contradict what they're gonna like put out there yeah. but still be able to stay true to his thing yeah, so for sure i for me nine out of ten recommendation wow um it's up there uh so wait, and i and the godfather talked about it for about 20 minutes last night we didn't realize how many superhero movies there actually <laughs> are in reality uh but this is definitely a top 10 top 15 movie yeah. in the superhero genre agreed 100 so and, and for me like you went in, I went in with no expectations. So that's also blew my mind. And it's good to hear that you yeah. went in with your normal comic books, movie expectations, yep. which I knew you would. So no, it's, it's go on. See it guys. It's, it's really, it's really, really good. Well guys, thanks for tuning in the episode and not here with the Manolith commentary from the rich chaos record yeah. studio. It's squee McGee. And it's probably cause he is sleeping. <laughs> He's, I, yeah, I think he's probably sleeping. I think he's working today. He's been working like a madman. It's great. Yeah, but is he actually working early in the day? Or is it more like, probably like late morning, early afternoon shifts? I think it, when he's bottling, it's like 9 to 5. Like he has to be there at 8.30 sort of thing. And that means he's probably still staying up till 4. Yeah, exactly. At least 2. Um, and then on the weekends, he's serving. So I, wager, I would wager to guess he's going to be there from like 11 to 6 or something along those lines. All right, so he's probably kind he's, of awake right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's either he's either dead asleep or maybe making coffee. He's definitely not functioning. <laughs> he definitely didn't have breakfast yet. <laughs> Just it's, that's not even an option. Well, uh, if you guys want to know more ways to support the CMD Tower crew and Squee McGee's non-existent breakfast mm. and all the content we put out, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell everything you need from a tabletop gaming perspective, and they're also the ones that hook us up with those monthly giveaways. So if you go support them, it supports us, which also supports you. And uh, yeah, they're just great people. But if you would actually like to help us out financially with the podcast, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. And one of the perks is you get a GD shout out from the MF and team, Aaron Ingram. Thank you, man. Thanks for joining. And also, we're going to have to shame Mr. Magoo. He canceled his. What? And it's okay. We can call him out on this because we're like great friends and known him for like 15 plus years. But yeah, he canceled his. Screw him. Well, to be fair, he also did a bunch of artwork for us for free. Oh wait, did you pay him? No, I paid him. Okay, cool. Paid him. Nice. Well, yeah, then yeah. suck. Then you can suck on that, Mr. <laughs> McHugh. <laughs> well, we have four different pledge levels, and one of them is a shout out on the episode for being a supporter. Uh, and another one, if you become good enough friends with us, is we will shame you yes. once you leave. Uh, but also, you can also get a bunch of our swag. Um, you also get multiple entries into the monthly giveaways, um, and all of that money really does go back into producing better quality content for you, whether it be upgraded microphones, uh, upgraded rigs, or even new uh, 
tangible products that you guys get for free for being a part of our patron community. Um, if you guys don't want to do a monthly commitment, but you do want to get that Squee McGee uh, get up and fight coin, which I don't know if any of you guys saw my Twitter post, it would now be a week ago. Um, some content creator was like, let's just do like nice community stuff like today. No, ne no, no negativity or don't try to start fights. And I put in there, the reserve list should be expanded. And they're like, God, did you just wake up and smell blood today, bro? And I said, no, I flipped a coin and it said, get up and fight. So <laughs> I thought, yes. make the reserve list bigger. Uh, so you can get all of that at cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we sell everything on there. Um, please, please continue to buy it. We're now halfway through our play mats. Once we get down to about 10, we'll probably we'll start to work on the new design uh, for the new playmat, which I'm super pumped for because I'm definitely wanting to get something where it's Squee, Tuck, and I looming in the background and all of our commanders on the playmat. Oh, that would and be like incredible. An epic, and like an epic Avenger style clash. Wow. Oh, so, yeah. What a great get idea. Guilt your friends into doing it because that piece will be beautiful. But hey, if you guys can't help out financially, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And Pink Royal, thanks for the music you provide. And T Coates, our man, getting us yes. hit with copyright infringements. I love we, it. We made that it. means you're doing something right. Uh, he's our video editor. Go hit him up at T Coates on Twitter. Uh, he does a fantastic job with our YouTube stuff. So please go watch the YouTube videos, like it, leave nice comments, let him know what you would like to see done differently. So that way he can improve as we all want to um, as a creator for you. Yeah. And hey, make sure you guys stay tuned till the end so you get more details on how you can win that mystery bundle from level one. So Bruce and Builds is our deck deck series. Since we conquered the path of 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us, and each month will be a new theme. And we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. Versus ramp and some more state. That's uh, a grain bill. I don't uh, know. Puberty just I was gonna say, uh oh, Harry's, Harry's coming back. <laughs> Uh, grains on the foundation of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need, decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next is how does your board interact with the rest of the board, which this deck loves to do. Yes, it it's does. It's called hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and helps distinguish subcategories like IPAs. So our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then the next is how does your deck actually close out or win the game, which surprisingly, it's like weird. This deck doesn't have a whole lot of the yeast package. So it'll be interesting to see how it wins. Yeah. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and then poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast to be drinking flat sugar water, without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. This could be pet cards, synergies, alter the broods, which unfortunately is not in the deck, <laughs> uh, that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap off the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big texanized cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget personal recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands, which would be kind of hard <coughs> in this deck. Correct. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get brewing. 
the last episode of our Voltron month. We did and it. Boy, are we going out on a banger yeah. with a deck that I personally built off of a Weatherlight report. Believe it or not, I think on EDH Rec, there are 14 total decks <laughs> in existence of this reporting data. We're talking Bird of Prey. Esha runs solo. Yeah. Uh, it's my Commander Esha deck. Um, the, the, Tuck, why don't you go ahead and read what the Commander does? Okay. And then I'll kind of give a little bit of history on um, how I even, why I even wanted to build this deck. Cause it does seem like an odd one to just want to build Indeed. willy nilly. Uh, and I have some questions on that as well. So uh, Commander Esha is a legendary creature bird soldier. Uh, she, I believe is a two, four flyer uh, protection from creatures cost two colorless white, white, and is a rare from judgment. I believe. <laughs> War glides on the simplest updrafts while uh -oh. peace struggles against hurricane winds. It is the way of the world. It must change. I was going to say oh, this is nice. Thank you. Um, it's the hookah and that CBG <laughs> smoker that you gave me, which actually, CBG. yeah, I got the CBGBs again. Uh, I actually did like that. I think that did help me sleep last night, by the way. That thing hit hard. Did it? Okay. Oh, God. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I agree with you. So it was interesting. Not only was it interesting when you said, like, like always, there's a trend here when Mr. Combo gets a deck idea in his head. It's only talks about for conservatively a year before or after. So, <laughs> So this was a deck that he talked a lot about and a lot of times it's like yeah i'm really excited about this deck and i do this all the time too because me and mr combo are effectively the same person we're like i like this one track of mine i'm really excited about this deck yeah. i play it once or twice and then i'm like okay on to the next one right or i, I want to rejig or something else but i think like not only is this a deck not only was it interesting to see you build this because you already had a mono white deck that you rarely play yep. but you also i feel like you play this pretty regularly like i feel this is like kind of in yeah. your rotation right yeah, I would say for sure. I would put this up there in probably my top six decks I like to play like more frequently. Like I love to play my Shirai deck. Yeah. I love to play this. I love to play Atraxa. I love to play Gods. Um, I love to play Gearid and uh, Karametra. Yeah. And then honestly, all my other decks are just like, they're there. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, initially what really got, got my juices going on this I cannot remember how many uh, Weatherlight reports ago it was, but Squee McGee was talking about, I think it was Bird Tribal with someone mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And then Esha was one of the cards he recommended to be in the 99. Right. And it just hit this light bulb with me that I used to play with Esha back in the oh. day when Squee McGee and Rafi and Alex Proffer and Andrew McGowan all got me into magic. Right. I remember Esha and, I, and, and in my head, I was like, oh, banger. Like, yeah. wh why wouldn't you run this? It's a two, four. Can you, can you believe creatures? it? <laughs> God, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, broken. Also, I, I, I continued to get pub stomped because I was that was also the same time where I was like, oh, Angel Elf Tribal in a 60 card constructed. Yeah, this will this, work. <laughs> uh, so I was like, you know what? I want to build this. It has a little nostalgia feeling yeah. for me. But let's be honest, guys. Mono White sucks. Oh, it's, oh, it's <laughs> it sucks real bad. Um, it, it basically Mono White's good for removal. And that's basically it. Right. And so I was like, OK. If you're going to build a Commander Esha deck, it has to be Voltron. There's no other theme you can yep. do with that deck. 
um, unless you just wanted it to be horridly terrible. <coughs> and so I was like, okay, you're going to do Voltron. Well, Voltron's very susceptible to a lot of stuff. I mean, just like basically your commander goes bye bye, you kind of get screwed. So I decided, well, what else does Mono White do? Well, it also does stacks pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do Mono White Voltron stacks. I put in all the Mono White stacks cards I could, and it's not to be a stacks player, right. like GD, Hamburger, Demon Poop, and his Grand Arbiter, Augustine deck. Uh, yeah, you are on, you're not even on thin ice, you're under thin <laughs> ice. Put you under, we froze the top Yeah, you're down there, and you, you're down there with Merit Lage, <laughs> underneath in the dark, in dark depths. That's where you're at, you son of a bitch. <clears throat> uh, and so, it's more to just slow my opponents down, to where I, I'm, I'm not just necessarily play my commander. Oh, it gets removed. All right. Let me wait a couple turns yeah. to get the mana. Okay. Play my commander. Oh, it got removed. I needed to be able to stop them somehow, slow yeah. them down somehow. And so I did put a lot of the white stacks cards in here. And I think the deck doesn't play like a stacks deck. It plays like a weird Voltron control deck mm -hmm. to where my opponents can still do stuff. You're just not allowed to do it as efficiently. And so, and I think yeah. when people are like, oh, well, you're Voltron, but you're slowing me down. It doesn't seem to put people on tilt as much. Like, do you feel like when you see me play this and I kind of start doing those stacksy pieces that you're like, GD, it's a stacks deck, kill him now. No, not at all. I feel all. like more of the threat comes from, oh, Esha's gonna smack me. Yeah. Like, I gotta kill Mr. Combo because of that. I completely agree. And like everyone knows, I hate stacks decks, right? I hate things that do this thing. But I will say, I think one, I think the, the big difference is you are. Every card that you have in here that's a stacks piece is like specific to one strategy that you will lose to, right? And yep. I think that's like one thing where it's like, you're playing with four people and like if you cast one card you know that maybe prevents people from playing a bunch of spells there's probably someone else at the table who's like this is also great because my deck can't beat that either right yeah and i think the and i think the, the biggest key is that you have nothing that deals with lands you do not have yep. last mass land destruction you do not have land lockdown pieces you don't have any of that sort of stuff and i think that will give you that that will put that is something Good that faith. yeah exactly that's like when you start messing with lands and mass around the table that's what pips people on tilts that's what makes games go on forever whereas the ones that you have here are just like no i have to play this card because this color cannot keep up with this without with this style <laughs> exactly yeah <clears throat> and you know i even have some cards in here uh that are i believe similar to my greven deck and i remember tuck initially yeah. being like why would you have this in here and then it's like after you get done talking about it, it's like Okay, I, I guess I can see why you yeah. need that because of how slow the deck plays. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, this is definitely a pet deck of mine. I'm super excited to talk about yeah, it. Too. And I will say, I think this build you're seeing, Tuck, and the collective is seeing is from my experience, because I don't know if you remember, I had actually built a Voltron deck before mm -hmm. yeah. with Rafik. Rafik, right. Uh, yeah, that was like my Zelda theme deck, and that failed so hard. <laughs> and, and it's crazy because I was in blue, so I could do answers. It was just, if you build a whole deck around this one guy and then people keep removing it, then it's like, gosh, like what do I even do at this yeah. point? Which I do have some backup win cons in this deck uh, that I have kind of learned through. So, uh, 
uh, from a uh, uh, mana perspective. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty on par. Yeah, I think you did. You, you really, you really uh, should dislocate your shoulder to pat yourself on the back on that one. Uh, the other thing that was, did you notice? I have thirty-eight lands. I think it's like wow, really? Than my Lord Windgrace deck. I think this is the second most lands I have in any deck. Wow. Interesting. Mono white, man. Yeah. I need it. I guess. Um, and also, I think the, the CMC at 2-9 is probably about right. Um, it probably plays a little bit. Like, we've talked about this before, I think, with, like, um, Kalia. Like, this yeah. deck probably plays, like, a higher CMC just because your commander's so vital, right? And that kind of can dictate the flow of the game and how fast you can get. But I think that's probably about on, on par for a white Voltron deck, in my in my experience. Yeah. And then the budget is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, because most of it is equipment. Um, yeah. You know, white does have some auras, but you're not doing like an Earl the Mist Stalker where it's tons of auras. Yeah. Auras can vary a lot in CMC. Equipments, for the most part, are going to be three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially maybe four. Especially the ones you want to be running, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the budget is like between five and 800. But that also includes, that's on TCG Player. The only thing that matters, Card yeah. Kingdom sucks. But I will say, I think that's because if you cut out the foils the extended arts the uh, that sort of stuff that you have in here i bet yeah. you could build almost this exact same deck for like a couple hundred bucks maybe 400. oh sure right yeah for sure i, I think the only thing is i mean i do not to spoilers but i do have a complete set of swords yes yeah and that's yeah uh, that'll, and that'll put up the price i think i think that alone to get a set of that would probably cost you buck 50. yep buck 80 because i think two of them are played in modern uh -huh. and so they get pretty expensive yes correct uh, but i think the rest of the deck pennies on the dollar yeah. for sure um and esha is one of those commanders that you can get a nice foil copy for like 15 dollars, <laughs> and it is the old school foils that we're seeing in time spiraled where it's like just the outside kind of border is yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it has the cool like yeah the slash through style. yeah that is awesome yeah so, um, and I will point it out also, Tuck, other than Lord Windgrace, this is the only deck I run Terramorphic Expanse in. <laughs> I hate that card, but I was like, Mono White, GD, I need it. Why? Just so. shuffle? Yep, shuffle effects, baby. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's get into this. We'll start with the green and the ramp section. Um, I'll start this off with a card that came out in M21. And everyone got real excited about it because it's like what mono white yeah. needed so bad. But Tuck, I'm not gonna lie, it shocked me that this card's like ten dollars. Yeah, it's a it's a rare. It's a, cha it's a chase it. rare from the set partner. Ch chase mythic. Chase mythic, right? Mangara, the diplomat. So this is three what colors: white, legendary creature, human cleric. It has lifelink, and it's a two four. Whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. So I, I've talked about this throughout Voltron month. If you're playing a Voltron deck, you're going to get swung at. Yep. Like That's something you have to deal with. So I'm going to draw cards off of that. Right. Will I ever block with this card? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and then until I get my stacks pieces down, as you are doing your rampant growth and Kadama's reach and doing all that stuff, I'm going to draw cards off of that. Yep. But the nice thing about this card is that it is limited to where you're only at most drawing one card off that effect Correct. that yeah. turn. Which I think if the card was designed where it's like whenever an opponent casts their second spell and beyond, draw a card oh, for each yeah. spell. That would be something where it's like, oh, kill on sight, mm -hmm. can't let them have it. But something like this is like, okay, 
Mr. Combo paid four. It's a two four lifelink. He may put some equipment on it, but right. do I really care if he's going to maybe in a rotation draw a card or two? Not really. Pro probably and, not. Yeah. And, and people can always set it up to where it's like, well, I'll just hit Mr. Combo with one creature and then tuck with one creature and he won't get to draw a card. And then it's like, cool. I mean, that kind of got me a little bit of lifelink because you didn't swing out at me because you didn't want me to draw a card. Exactly. Because you're just frightened of mono white. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, I mean, we've talked about this card before. I think the reason why it's so expensive is because like this needs to go in every mono white deck, right? Like this is yeah. a mono white, like borderline staple, definite standard, in my opinion. For all, the, for all the reasons that you mentioned. So yeah, awesome inclusion, and you can always slap a couple swords on it if you just need that extra boost through. Yeah, and that and that's one thing that, guys, you'll see kind of throughout this deck tech is I tried to build this Voltron deck to where obviously Esha is like number one, but I wanted to put other utility mm -hmm. creatures where it's like, well, if Esha's too expensive or it's going to be too risk adverse for me, you know what? Mingara automatically has lifelink yeah. and has a decent butt. Throwing some equipment on there and swinging in for <laughs> six, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's not like I'm going to be upset by that. I'm not going to win the game off Mangara uh, damage, but it does make a great blocker yeah. um, and it gives great effects. So, totally. um, yeah, Mangara is definitely one. I think Tucky hit it. It's probably a mono white staple. Yeah. Um, kind of like how uh, a taxi card is in the grain section. I don't know if you're talking about it. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. Did, by the way, land tax, uh, that's what I was referencing. Did you see it's $81? Yeah, but what I, think, the hell? I think that's the, I think it's because of the printing that you have in there. Oh, really? Because I bought the cheapest one I could find. Wow, really? Okay, game. let's, take a, let's yeah. take a peek. Yeah, well, no, okay. The Legends one is 80. The rest of them are 30 for the most part. Oh, but, okay. But, okay. But still, good God. Good God. Oof. All right, Tuck. What's your first grainy card? God, I'm freezing. Um, so, <laughs> so it's so cold. Uh, so this is a card that I like a lot. I wish I would have got a copy. And I think that there's a card that we have talked about many times on the Weatherlight Report and in a bunch of other decks that is better than this in some decks, but I like this better in this one. And we are talking about a legendary land. And our friends down south of the border might refer to this as Salon del Senor Bandito, because we were talking about all, all the bandit lore. That's the only reason why I chose it. It's the same in Spanish. Uh, so Hall the Bandit Lord comes into play tapped. It's legendary land. You can tap, pay three life, add one to your mana pool. If that mana is spent on a creature spell, that creature has haste. So again, the illusion I was talking about is like you can get a crashing drawbridge for sure. And this is about $20. So for a 10th or a hundredth of the price, you can get a crashing drawbridge. Yeah. But the fact that you, this takes up the land slot, you have a lot of ways to gain life and a lot of ways. So like three life doesn't matter and doesn't hurt as much. And like this, a lot of people complain that this comes into play tapped. Doesn't matter in this deck because you're trying to slow things down for everyone anyways. It just seems yeah. like such a great, such a great inclusion. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, and I, I usually... When it comes to haste, like that's one I do struggle with when we kind of talk about our different categories here on the cast. Right. But I think this one makes sense because you really like this helps you get established because in Voltron, you have to establish early and often. Mm -hmm. Yes. If right. you're not like turn four swinging or turn three swinging, which is damn near impossible in this deck. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you're not swinging before turn five, 
you're so far behind you basically have to get out all your stacks pieces and like well hopefully turn seven i can do something yeah um and this is a card that oh i don't have anything turn one because i'm in mono white <laughs> uh i'll play it and you know what by turn three or four that's just gonna be swinging yeah exactly and even if it's only for two that still gets me with the ball rolling because the one thing i am very guilty of some people play Voltron and they're like, oh, I'm going to spread around the love. I think Mr. Bevers has done that with his Ural deck. Yes, correct. Uh, I'm one to where, I'm sorry, <laughs> if, if I hit you with Esha, even for two, you're the only yeah, one I'm ever it. hitting ever again. <laughs> it is a one-on-one. -on -one. We are playing heads up from here. Uh, yeah, so I, the Hollow Bandit Lord is a really good card. I think it has a lot of utility. Is it worth $20 to have like multiple no. copies? I don't think so, right? Um, but I think it's worth, I, I would, I would say it'd be worth just to like have one, like spend the money mm -hmm. and just have one to do what you want with. I completely agree. All right. My next one, my last one. Wait, we get three, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. I'm on this cast. I should know. Yeah, I, was like, I don't think uh, we have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a card that came out in commander legends, did some work on game nights and this card I may pick up a lot of copies for the five dollars. Three. Wait, hold on. Two. Is this a comp? Is this fill the exact same slot as Mangara? What do you mean? In terms of like value for CMC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Keep her the card. Uh, it's three colorless white creature human soldier rare three four. Yeah, I go for it. Um, so cost three colors and a white as talked about at the beginning of each opponent's end step. If that player controls more creatures than you, create a one one white soldier creature token. At the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more lands than you, you may search a library for a basic planes card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. And it's a three four. Yeah. Um. I haven't seen it in the deck yet. Okay, I, have not I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask because we were. I think this was our most hyped card from Legends when we did our bad review yeah. or whatever we call it. Right? I think all three of us were like, "This is the creature to beat." Um, but you have not seen it. You have not seen it in the wild yet. I have not seen Damn it. Damn it! But I can just I could tell you guys right now. Getting that one one soldier creature token is a banger and everyone's going to have more creatures than yeah. me oh yeah so i'm always going to make these soldiers and the reason that's a banger is i've talked about it and i will talk about it to ad nauseum um you have to have chump blockers or some way to prevent damage or right. make it only to where one creature attacks you because there have been times where i play esha and i start to piss people off and they start swinging at yeah. me and it's like i can no longer swing with esha i have to keep it back as a blocker because it has protection from creatures and I'm just on the defense now. Right. Like, you do not want to be on the ropes in mono white Voltron stacks. <laughs> like you are just screwed yeah. if that's the case. So that's that's amazing. And then obviously the whole more lands than you, that's just a white issue in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how often is it going to trigger? I don't actually know if it's going to trigger a ton <clears throat> unless I'm playing like a rampy green player. Like I'm, I think in our play group, we see more artifact ramp than anything. That's probably true, um, yeah. Do see a little bit of land ramp. So I think I'm gonna get more of the top than the bottom. And honestly, that's even what I saw on game nights. It was more the top effect than the bottom Got effect. Got it. And yeah, so I, I agree. And I think like, again, 
we're talking about each card how it's stopping someone from beating you right this card on its this mm -hmm. this deck on space can't beat tokens and it can't beat a super explosive green uh green deck so this kind of covers both of those i will say this though i mean we've seen this trend where green green and blue have become like the superpowers right the superman yeah. and i don't know dark side of the of the color pie and I think we're starting to see more and more greens being splashed into decks just for like that sort of utility of it, right? So I think that you will see that the second the second ability will probably happen a fair amount. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if it will be. I agree with you. The first the first will happen no matter what, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna get that all the time. Um, but I think the second ability still will will trigger. You still will see your value out of that, especially for four mana with another three four. Completely agree. Yep. All right, Tuck. What is your second grain card? So we're talking about the first sword. And interestingly, this sword, it is not a sword of X and Z or X and Y. Oh. And it is legendary, which is interesting because you would think that all the other swords would be legendary as well. You know, what's funny is every time we talk about this card on the cast, we always bring up like, it's weird. This is legendary. Yeah, why, is this legendary? Like, why is it legendary? <laughs> so uh, sort of the animus. Uh, it's a real banger. Uh, two colorless for legendary artifact equipment. It's a rare um, equipped creature gets plus one plus one. Whenever it attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tap and shuffle your library equipped to the blade glows only for Zendikar's chosen. Uh, wow. I mean, so this is one of the things that I think people get frustrated when it comes to Voltron is to like, there are certain cards that you need to have, right? Like you can make yeah. your arguments for, you can make the argument for like the swords of X and Y, you don't need all of them or whatever, right? Which you kind of do, sure. but you actually kind of do. But like, this is, yeah. a card, this is a card that you have, if you were playing Voltron, you have to have this no matter what color you're in. If you're playing Voltron and equipments, this immediately slots in. Um, I mean, it would be good enough if it just was like when it attacks, it doesn't like if it just got to the yeah. point of like when it attacks, you get the ability and then it doesn't do anything else. But the fact that it also pumps it by one, which again, mm -hmm. isn't it's stupid to think like that's important, but it is right. Yeah. Like, I think that I guess I, it's just a bonkers card. And now people are starting to figure it out because it's $12. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right, because. I would put this card design in the same realm of Skull Clamp to where yep. they probably designed it and they were, in this case, probably saying like, oh, it's too weak mm -hmm. to do it without the buff. Let's add the buff. Then they add it, <clears throat> print it, and then they're like, oh, well, that was actually we made it a lot better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, should have just left it alone. Because um, honestly, I do think if you didn't get the buff, I'd probably still have it in here because Mono White needs ramp, but I don't think the card would be thirteen fifty seven. I think it'd probably be a five dollar card, mm -hmm. a three dollar card. Yeah. But the fact that that you get the buff as well, you're gonna see it played a lot in your Voltron because like that one piece of buff just makes it like maybe one turn sooner exactly. that I kill my opponent, um, and that is humongous in Voltron because usually time is not your friend. Exactly. So, Sword of the Animus is a great card. Um, I would say you're hard-pressed to find a red or white deck or Boros deck that you would not put this in. You just made, and I know exactly where I'm going to put mine that I had spared into my Boros deck that I don't like to play. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you okay? Well, my last one. No, I, I got like this thing in my throat. 
<laughs> so I am talking about a sword of X and Y for my uh, last screen. And um, the reason I like this, though, is because it gives me card draw. Oh, <laughs> and that's the only reason why. So I'm talking about sword of fire and ice. Uh, three colorless, equipped for two. It's an artifact equipment. Equip creature gets a uh, plus two, plus two, pro uh, red, blue. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, it may deal two damage to any target, and you draw a card. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, have a $50, I, have, I have a $50 card in here, so I could draw a card. That's it. I, I, like, it's so funny, too, where it's like, you hate card draw so much that you're not, you're not even going to put in like a board the weather light or anything. You're like, nope, it has to be stapled to this other thing that makes the deck work. Yep. Hundred percent. I yeah, um, and I and I will say the pro red blue is nice to have. Like this is definitely a modal card to where you could say this could also be in the yeast because mm. then you know, like you're not worried about creatures attacking, but like red does a lot of damage based Correct, stuff. So right. like, oh, I can't get lightning bolted out of nowhere. Uh, the two damage to any target. Like, yeah, you can point that at a planeswalker, so it could be a Hobbs, mm. but. 100% this yeah. is a grain because I need that singular I, I, I need one card a turn I need two cards a turn and this is going to give me one of them <laughs> alright well Tuck what is your last grain? I'm done that's it the the Salon del Senor Bandito oh, the Keeper of the Cord and the Sword of the Animus right. God I am just get not it, on get, it today get it, get it together <laughs> What am I doing with my life? Well, that's going to wrap up the green section. Now we're going to go over the hot profile, and hopefully Mr. Combo gains his wits back. Uh, Tuck, why don't you start off? What's your first hops card? Uh, so this is a card that has no business being this expensive. Um, it also came from my least, my most excited but most disappointing deck that I've ever purchased. Uh, and it might just be a little baby bubble cat. Oh, my God. We are talking... Alms Collector, three colors and a white uh, for a creature cat cleric. It's thirteen dollars. Yes, I know, right? Three four with flash. If an opponent would draw two or more cards, instead you and that player each draw a card. There is no justice when some profits and others go without. So it's so funny that like this card is expensive, even though its effect isn't amazing because they're still drawing a yeah. card. Like, if you compare this to like a whole breacher, for example, there's no comparison, right? But since this yeah. is in white, they're like, best we can do, $13 here. <laughs> so I think it's like, yeah. I, I think like, like we talked about the big thing, the big reason why I like this deck or this card rather is like, it read it reads a lot better than it is, but when you're up against decks that are drawing like crazy, this is the way that yeah. you this is this is like the card to establish parity with them, right? We've been talking about how it's like all these different deck archetypes that you are struggling with. Mm -hmm. This is the answer to that sort of like blue draw, blue green draw, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I completely agree. The flash speed mm -hmm. is humongous. I think if this was just remove flash, it's a dollar card. Oh, maybe yes, two bucks. Definitely. The the flash makes it phenomenal. Um, and you know it is a three four. So I kind of talked right. about with Mangara. If I need to like throw some equipment on it and do something. It has a good base already established, but yeah. Uh, hey, I'm going to Blue Sun Zenith for 50. Ah, uh, yeah. I do it for yeah. one, and I get yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also think uh, the it's also interesting that we've talked about every single creature that we talked about right now that plays a specific utility. Every single one of them has had four toughness and has cost four mana, including your commander. <laughs> 
Hey, I, I'm just trying to be on uh, Mana Perry. Hey, that's all good, man. But yeah, so cute card. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, glad you left it in. All right. Well, my first one, not going to be a stacks card, but it's going to be another four mana instant. And this card, for me, when it comes to a Voltron deck. Yes, getting rid of your commander is one way to slow down Voltron, but the other way is to get rid of all your mm -hmm. equipments. Get rid of all your stacks pieces, for example, in this deck. So my faith will be rewarded with faith's reward for three colorless white what a instant. Return to the battlefield all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn and tuck. Question, I assume we don't have a voice for Idris, War Priest of <laughs> we, we, we do not. It is the Wild West for, for this work that you want to do here. And try not to All throw right. up. <laughs> uh, I thought the wind was uh, ushering me to my final destination, but it lifted me to my feet and I fought on. That's really good. I like. So I would say that was like if Arnold Schwarzenegger was a beetle. That's, that's that's a really that sounds great. Your voice work is out of control. It's been it's been so it's been really good, man. So uh, yeah, I mean the card yeah. pretty much says exactly what it's being used for. It is a oh you just austere commanded my entire board. Let me bring it back. Now, yeah. granted, I've never been able to use this card. Oh, really? Uh, I oh. have had it in hand, but I've never had a situation where I've wanted to use it. And I feel like this is a lot like. Um, that black card that's four colorless black instant, but you get to return all permanents from all graveyards or all creatures. Uh, really all graveyards that, yeah. yeah, I think it's a lot like that where it, this is a hops because it is in reaction to what your opponents are doing, but it's almost a spice because it's so situational. Like you have one of this in your 99 and it has to be like the perfect storm of a board mm -hmm. wipe to make you even want to use it. Cause like, I mean, I guess paying four to just get Esha back, you know, depending on how much she costs to play from the command zone at that point might be, Hey, I'm basically paying her command or her uh, normal CMC right. instead of eight or 10. But it, it is a very situational card, but I think the right situation, your opponents are going to lose their mind. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, you are playing a white deck. You do have a bunch of board wipes and removals in here as well, right? So there's a time where this you're like late game, you have piles of mana. You're like, I need to board wipe to destroy all equipments or all artifacts because this person's about to go off, right? But then you can do this in conjunction with one of those. So I think I think you have a great point where this this is another one that kind of fits into like grain hops yeast because it completely depends on when you cast it. Um, yeah. I have cast this card several times and every time I do is a complete blowout every single time. Yeah. And before we move on to, to Tuck's uh, next one, I think Tuck, you forgot I'm in mono white. I will never have piles of mana. That's very true. <laughs> that is a fair point. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, what is your second hop? Uh, so I want us all to take a deep breath and maybe just have a little quiet time. It's a slow, let's okay. slow it right down. And maybe the sound of silence will rupture some eardrums because it is a deafening silence. This card's great. Uh, yeah. One white for an enchantment, again, from that shit set, the bit that won't die, Throne of Eldraine. 
Uh, it's an enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell each turn. They have forsaken their vows. The edict of the circle demands their vi their voices be silenced. I guess I should have asked if we had a bit for Sir Tazdale. Well, no, I can, no. I can agree we do not. Yes. <laughs> so I think like this card, the, uh, what's that other one uh, that's from this set too that sucks called like Fires of Invention? I feel like they're like, oh, yeah. and it's like the same card that's gotten printed. Hey, guess what, ding dongs? I'm only gonna be casting one spell a turn, no matter what I do. So, yep. so now you are now playing the same game with me. <laughs> so that's why it's like I think people, I think when people look at this deck list, they kind of think like, why, why do you have all these redundant effects? It's because like, again, the parity at the table, putting everyone on the same yep. train with the same resources that you have. And I will say, like, this card, if it said your opponents can't cast more than one non-creature spell per turn, it would piss everyone oh, yeah. off. But with it being symmetrical, there are going to be people at the table, Tuck, like you mentioned, like, where it's like, well, I'm probably only casting one spell a turn anyways. Right. Like, this helps me. And it does say non-creature spell. So it also gets, it's like, hey, I'm stopping the combo players you want to live in the red zone, live in the red yep. zone. Like, hey, Duff, play all your knights. Yeah, do it all yeah, day long. Do it, please. Go go to town. It's just then, hey, Sir Nathan, screw you. No non-creature spells for you. And yes, I'm picking on you <laughs> this morning. So yeah, great card. Uh, and I think this is one of the... Was it this card or a rule that Squee McGee played when we were playing out on the patio? It was this. I'm going to cut you off right there. It was this card. <laughs> Yeah, and just nothing can yes. happen. So, and it's like 50 cents. So, yeah. big fan. Big, big fan of, of Deafening Silence. All right. Well, my second one, I'm seeing a trend where I'm picking everything for CMC, apparently. <laughs> um, it's a for CMC dot deck, if you didn't know. There it is. Yeah, my CMC is 2-9. Two, two Wait, is this another creature? Uh, yes, oh it's God. another creature. I already know what it is. Uh, uh, and this is a card that I have done before. And has been a blowout. Yeah. Selfless Squire. <laughs> Phenomenal. Three colorless <laughs> white. Creature human soldier. One one. Five dollars. Good lord. Yeah. Um, it has flash. When an ETBs prevent all damage that would be dealt to you this turn. Whenever damage that would be dealt to you is prevented, put that many plus one plus one counters on Selfless Squire. So, you know, I've talked about it. You know, the whole reason me and Tuck picked our uh, grain card earlier, Keeper of the Accord, is because like, oh, I kind of get these like little dudes. Yeah, I could get some ramp, but like I mentioned, like getting those soldiers yeah. helps like kind of stave off the wave of damage. But eventually someone like a squeeze could be like, you know what? Screw you swinging in for like yeah. with 20 elves with, you know, uh, uh, Oh, gosh. I, I keep wanting to say Triumph of the Hordes, but that's not uh, Overwhelming oh, yeah, yeah. Um Or, you know, a Crater Hoof. Well, flash yeah. this out. Nothing happens. And now I got a hundred, hundred, <laughs> right. and 15 equipment to put on it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the card's great. And it is something that can be impactful because sometimes people are they're using the stack where it's like i'm gonna do a loop that's just going to drain you of your life or deal damage x y and z and so technically like you could flash this out and then they could be like okay well i want i don't want to do that anymore because i don't want you to just get infinitely huge with this creature right. 
And that still is good. Like, I don't need this thing to prevent 50 to 80 damage and get 50 to 80 counters. I'm really just needing it to like, hey, you have to stop hitting me with whatever thing you're doing. Now focus on my opponents. Um, And, and, you know, that saves me for a turn. Because that's really what these kind of cards are trying to do. Save me till the next turn and maybe I can eschew you to death. Exactly. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this has only been printed once, which is why it's so expensive. I don't think it's seen any other reprintings besides Commander, whatever that is. Uh, Shield, Thin Shield, Commander, Commander Thin Shield Edition. I think that's Commander... I, yeah, yep, you're right. I was going to say it's uh, it tracks a one. Uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, there's not much more to be said about this besides the fact that this just saves you turn. This just saves you and gives you yep. another chance to go, right? This card might as well... This, there's like a world that exists where this card just says like, it's effectively like Final a Fortune ball. or whatever, where it's just like, you get an... Like, this is a get-out-of-jail-free card, you get an extra turn. Yep. And you know what's interesting, Tuck? Um, I was just thinking about it. This card, with this kind of deck... People aren't going to see a instant speed for CMC yeah. fog effect in mono white. Like it's literally going to catch people off yeah. guard because people are going to be like, well, combo has four mana up. You may have a plowshares, yeah. a path, but there are no instant speed board wipes in mono white. And so they just won't really yeah. see that coming. And I don't run Veluk and Ori in this deck. So it's not like they even have to worry about exactly. That. So it, it, it is just a out of left field swing mm-hmm. for sure. Agreed. Yeah, All that's right. true. Well, what is your last hop? I'm so glad you kept this in here because I think this is one of the most criminally underplayed and people used to laugh at me. They laughed at me and now I'm the one laughing me on this podcast. Uh, I'm gonna put a cloak on. Ooh. It might be just a, just a, just a little haunted, haunted cloak. People need to play this card. I've been I've been screaming it from the rafters. Three colors for an artifact equipment. It's a common that you get a foil version of for thirty eight cents. Um, bear the weight of so many spirits, and you'll surrender civility and restraint to savagery and instinct. Uh, equipped creature has vigilance, trample, haste. Equip one. It's such a blowout. Like, I. Th- so good. I, and listen, I know we've talked about like Swords of X and Z and whatnot. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. I think this is better than like at least two of them. Oh, okay. I'm about to say. No, 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 no. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm, I may be a madman, but I'm not legally insane. I'm not the Joker. <laughs> uh, so, just the fact, like, I think that. I think these all. Each one of these abilities in a Voltron deck are critical to winning, right? Vigilance, so you have your blocker, especially with this one. Trample, so you yeah. can get damage through. Even though she has evasion, we're now flying yeah. is becoming this new, the new hotness and creatures, right? Or reach. Well, remember, it's it's protection from creatures. Oh, so good point. Yeah, she can't be blocked. Period. It's really only in the deck for the haste and the vigilance, vision. right? Those are huge. Agreed. And I guess to that point, now that I'm thinking about it, the trample still is good because this is like the this turns your other creatures more into your command. Right. Oh, God. Gotcha. Like if you if you have to attack it with Mag- Magara or Mangara or whatever, uh, <clears throat> this will get you there. So, again, everyone has policies lying around. Try it out. See how it feels. Maybe it'll keep you warm. Maybe it'll drive you mad with its previous dead tenants. But give give haunted give haunted cloak a chance. Yeah. And, and the main reason I have it in this deck, guys, is the equip for one. Yeah, yes. And the vigilance. 
because Esha's going to get removed. Right. And it, it will be the point in the game if I haven't been able to go quick, which is hard to do. Um, I'm going to be on a low life total. I'm going to need to like try to kill people as quick as possible, but I still have to keep blockers. And this literally does both yep. of those to where it's like, I do the three mana investment early, but then later in the game when I may have to pay eight for Esha, well, it's only one to put the haunted cloak on. Right. And yeah, I'm only dealing two damage, but maybe at that point you've already taken 14 or maybe that's, Yeah, maybe that's all you need. You're getting, you're getting closer and closer to death. And so for 37 cents getting a foil copy, it's like no brainer. Yep, 100%. All right, so. I'm glad you talked about at least one stacks card. I am also talking about a stacks card because you know what mono white just doesn't like. I don't like it when people cheat stuff in. Oh. Like that's just that's unfair. Which one? So containment priest okay. just uh, gives you the middle finger. Uh, colorless white creature human cleric. It's a two two. It does have flash. If a non token creature would enter the battlefield if it wasn't cast, exile it instead. Yeah. Um, some protection requires a bit of finesse. So being two mana, I can even keep this up for my turn two play, let it go around the table. And if someone's just like, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how you cheat something out in turn two, but I'm sure there's the gross ways uh, to do it. What's that one? Tanio's uh, Vengeance? <laughs> if some maniac wants to do that. <laughs> There you go. Uh, be able to flash this in. But this is bigger when I'm playing like a Gishath deck. You know, I'm looking at you, Duff, uh, <laughs> cheating in all those dinos. No, so you're yes. Uh, talking to Kalia, the vast deck. No, you're not this. And I do think once again, the way the card is worded makes other people makes certain people at the table upset. But then a lot of other people are like, oh, I'm fine with it because it says non token creature, right? Tokens are the ones that obviously you can't cast those. And if it just said if a creature would enter the battlefield, and if it wasn't cast exile instead, that would put everyone on tilt. But the fact that it leaves the token players out of it, I gain a bit of good fortune where it's like, well, you're really just stopping the dinosaur deck that's going to yeah. overwhelm me with my, you know, uh, Thopters mm -hmm. or my uh, little Drakes. So great card, 33 cents for yeah. a full art foil <laughs> from M21. Uh, great pickup for a mono. Dude, deck. yeah, agreed. And you didn't even talk about like dredge decks, like get wrong monster. That's those sort of loops that those things go through. Stops it cold. The funniest part is this used to be like a twenty dollar card. What? Because it was because no. it was only printed in the mono white twenty fourteen commander with with really? with Nahiri. Yeah, and I like won one of those, and like it was one of those things where that deck the box. Buying the box, you're like, okay, I'm buying a containment priest and getting like all this other, like all the other like shell of a deck. But basically, like the severe. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm buying, exactly. buying Dockside Extortionist, and, and, yeah, and, it, ha and it happens to come with all these other cards. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap up the hot profile. Now we're gonna head over to how this deck could win the game in the East package, and I'll kick this off. So she has protection from creatures. Yeah. Um, and I assume it's a she. Uh, I just always it, it, yeah. I was so after getting blasted on uh, the Discord, I did confirm it is a lady bird. Perfect. Um, she has protection from creatures, so you don't have to worry about like a Brea <laughs> or anything like that trying to ping her off, or you know even forcing Esha to block and dying from damage. Like I'm good. Um, hell, it's even protected from Eldrazi cast effects because those are creatures mm -hmm. so 
The one way to get rid of her is a board wipe. Well, how do you prevent board wipes? Indestructible. So dark steel plate oh. gets you there. Um, and $17. No way! What? Holy hell. Seriously? That's what it says. Wow, that is absurd. Uh, so this is three colorless artifact equipment, rare. Equipped for two. The equipment itself has indestructible and equipped creature has indestructible. And Tuck, do we have a cough of the hammer? Ooh, no, but we should. Voice. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think? Um, like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going off the rails. Okay, I'm ready. I'm here for it. If that could be no victory, then I will fight forever. I feel like Koth would be like this big yeah. rough and tumble guy, but then he has like the super high pitch Oh, voice. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's kind of like if you've ever watched uh, Grown Ups with Adam Sandler uh, and those guys, if you remember the pool, like the water park scene where like all the moms are looking at like the super like buff like oh. guy and like the tiny Speedo and he like comes up and he's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, guys? yeah, he's like on some, just, like, burst out laughing. some horrible Australian this, accent. Yeah, imagine Koth. Wow, what a deep so, cut. God, that movie's horrible. The, yeah, it's not good. Uh, but it's, it, you know what? Night of the Museum, that's a gym. So, <laughs> the most bizarre. I love this. I love this card actually for a lot of decks. Yeah. Because of the fact the equipment itself is indestructible and exile artifact effects are very few and far between. And I'm going to be honest, if someone has one and Dark Steel plates on the battlefield, they will not use it because they're going to be more worried about a uh, Dark Steel Forge mm -hmm. or um, what's the one where if you get up to tw 10 counters or 20 counters, uh, you win the game. What is that? I used to run it in a track. So I, I know um, that one's also indestructible. Rexing reactor or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there are so many artifacts in Magic that have indestructible, that are leaps and bounds yeah. more powerful than uh, Dark Steel Plate, no one will do Dark Steel Colossus, right? If they're like, oh shit, they're running oh, Dark Steel Plate, they probably have a Colossus in there if they're doing some sort of like jank, like artifact build, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So when we talk about Voltron, there's like kind of two things you have to think about, right? Or if you're talking about commander-centric decks, you have to think about like, well, do I want to protect from individual targeted removal or do I want to protect from board wipes, right? So when you're building a deck, this is if you're having a commander that doesn't go in to the red zone, you can make the argument that like, okay, do I want to cut lightning greaves for this? Because I think there's gonna be more oh. board wipes, right? And obviously in this deck, you have both, but I think like to your point, that's the kind of mentality that this that this people should go through with this, with this card and they should be playing more of it. Although now that's- But not, it, yeah, not to, No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm about to blow your I'm about to blow your mind for prices right now. Oh God! All right, Tuck. Well, what is your first winner? Another card from the Kitty Cat deck. This card makes copies of itself and has no right being as expensive as it is. And it's not legendary either. Twenty four dollars. Yeah. Force battle action. No. You want to hear a funny story, Tuck, before you read off the card? Yeah. When the Kitty Cat deck came out, I own five or six copies oh, of this. Oh, because you bought a bunch I of bought a, I bought a bunch so I could have yeah. the token copies. So basically, you're telling me I have hundreds of dollars <laughs> sitting in my token binder just, right just now. Blood, go find them. But Bloodforge Battle Axe is a colorless, you're 100% right, colorless artifact equipment, a rare from the Kitty Cat deck. I think that was 2017. How many do you have? 
I got three sitting here, and I think I have two wow. or three in other decks. <laughs> put them in your trade binder, you maniac. Okay, or I'll just put them right for seventy-five dollars. Um, <laughs> equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Bloodforge Battle Axe. Equipped to spilled blood always begs more of the same, begets more of the same. Uh, fun card, cute card, good card. I would never in a thousand years pay $25 for this. No, There's no way. No. <laughs> so anyway, have you been able to chain? Have you been able to get the chain going in this? Oh yeah. yeah. I think, I think I've actually ran out of legit <sighs> Bloodforge battle axes that I have on my token binder. Uh, Cause I think the most I've created is like, Cause I've ended up putting like two or three on. Oh, and then and so each of those make their own copy. Um, yeah, it's it's very much like the Polyraptor type deal. Once you get one, then it just yeah, it's, it's a snowball yeah. after that. It, it's just usually the hard part is getting the initial one done. But with protection from creatures, yeah. it's damn near impossible to get rid of it with Esha unless you're going to A, artifact removal or creature removal if she doesn't have some sort of protection mm -hmm. other than that. But I have so much protection in the deck that she's probably going to have protection. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Good card, functional card, has a place in a lot of decks, not for $24. No, no, no way, no way. Uh, all right. My second yeast is a card that I'm in love with. The shade under five bucks. It's a one drop, oh, and it's an enchantment. Bonkers. What it is. Card absolute banger. Yeah. Sigarda's Aid. Single white enchantment. You may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. The Order of St. Traft found new strength with Sigarda's support. So I mean, this is the best card in the deck, right? Well, I'm going to make an argument here, Tuck, and don't shoot me. This is a better one drop than land tax in this deck. Better than soul ring. It's better than land tax. Yeah, I know soul ring. Technically, I could get turn two Esha. I would rather get this and do turn three Esha. And yeah, I think you're. Oh, sword of feast and famine. Boom. Yeah, on yeah that. I think you're right. Flat. Oh my god! It's it's <laughs> so good. It's wild, and I think like so. This is like the weird. This is, you you have kind of built this. There's kind of two ways when you're building out um, Voltron decks with equipments, right? You either do it like the efficient way, like what you've done mostly in this deck, right? Where it's like a lot of swords, like you don't really get the the CMC above three to play equipment. Um, but then there's this other build where it's like I'm only running like Argentium armor and up World Slayer, all these like sure. super high end things, and then you use like Stone Hero Giant, which you don't have this and those sort of things, so, like cheat those big ones into play. But I think either yeah. either way, Sigarda's aid for one does like if you're running if you're running a Voltron deck, auto include right. So yep. it just got reprinted, so it's only five bucks. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a better card than Soaring. For yeah. sure. All right, Tuck. This is a blowout. What's your second yeasty? Card? I thought you were gonna talk about this because it's got a pretty lady on it, and I want to know if you actually bought this or if you cracked it. It's time to get a little mystic in here. We're getting oh. a little mystical. 
with our home girl, Stoneforge Mystic. So colorless and a white uh, for a core artificer. It's a rare. When Stoneforge Mystic enters the battlefield, you may search the library for an equipment card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. And then a colorless white, uh, tap it. You may put an equipment card from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, did you own, you own this for a while, right? Or did you go buy this fancy full, full art? Well, so, um, this copy from Double Masters, I cracked. Because remember, I started buying all the VIP boosters. Oh, right. And so, yeah, I ended up getting it from that. And I actually got most of the swords from that as well, because all of those are mm. the Double Master alt arts. I think I had to buy a few of them, um, which I was surprised at how cheap they were, because... Yeah. I, I would have thought they would have been more expensive. Uh, but no, I've owned a Stoneforge Mystic for a hot minute because I actually won it off of Twitter when I first oh, joined right. when we were doing the cast from Missouri MTG, the infamous grab bag right, uh, right, connoisseur. Right. Um, he did something where it's like, tell me a story about how you got into magic or EDH or something like that. Um, and I did. And he basically sent me one that he had like, someone like did a full art altar mm -hmm. of it. And so... Uh, yeah, I, I I may still have it. I think I might have put it in my cube, actually. Nice. I yeah. tried to trade it when we were in Vegas, and they're like, oh, this is damaged. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, literally, that guy <laughs> at that booth I can, gave it to I me. I can see him. Like, I could see him. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you. I think they were trying to give me, like, $5 what? for it or 10 bucks. And I was like, nah, no. I'm good, man. I don't I don't even like the card that much. And I know, I know you're hot on it, and you'll kind of talk more sure. about it. But I'm not going to let it go for 5 or $10. No, no, decidedly not. So, again, like, I think when you're building out decks, you kind of have two choices, right? And this one, you could build this deck to... There's a card like Cigarvis Aid that no matter you're building a Voltron deck is good, right? But then there's a way that you can build Voltron decks, especially with her, where I'm sure you thought about it, of just going all auras, right? Yeah. And I think Stoneforge is a great card if you're doing the former. Of, like, I'm focusing mm -hmm. on equipments. I don't care about auras. Yep. Um, and that's how I'm trying. That's how I'm going to try to win out with this. Um, yeah. I think that, she, I think that she still has utility. She's effectively a draw pay to draw card in this deck. Right. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the alternate version of this, where you are cheating out those big high CMCs, she really starts to shine there either way. If you're doing this white equipment rigmaroles, I would say if you have like what, six or more equipments that are good, this goes into the deck. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, the reason for me it's in the yeast is because I can get the most likely sword that's probably going to help me win the game and get rid of that last opponent that maybe I've been struggling mm -hmm. with. But the other thing that I do like about it is because I do have the complete set of swords yeah. and other equipments. There is something to be said. I'm in mono white. I don't I don't usually have 12 to 15 mana to where I can play a bunch of stuff for my hand. So there are situations where it's like she doesn't have summoning sickness. I'm going to let it go the rotation. See what people have played. What do I need protection yeah. from? What do I need to do? Even if it's a swift foot boots, which basically you're paying the exact same mana right, for right, right. two or two. I kind of hold off and it's like what's going to happen plus the cool thing about this blue players hate it it gets around counter magic mm. unless you're going to play a disallow or some counter ability effect <clears throat> and i've done this in games not with stoneforge but with other cards to where it's like oh you have blue open i need to figure out a way to get what i want on the battlefield without yeah right 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 great way to do it because sword of feast and famine that's an immediate mm -hmm. counter target yes can't do that with uh, Stoneforge Mystic. Yep. So it's a good card. I think it's great for a Voltron deck, especially if it's a, a white one. 
is it worth all the money and like isn't it banned in modern i don't remember it just got it, unbanned it, 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 was, it was banned There's some yeah. rigmarole with it mm. it's it's okay it's a good card do i think it's worth the price tag no Probably not. but what do i know yeah i, I just i just talk for for fun yeah exactly we're just here we're just here man we're just here. all right <coughs> my last one i alluded to it earlier in the episode you need a backup way to win if Esha becomes too expensive, you need a big old dinosaur to come in and just wreck. Let's Three, go! Two, one. Satalfa Primal Dawn. Let's go! Uh, Six colorless, white, white, legendary creature, elder dinosaur, four. And eight. coming in at a rare slot for some insanity. All right, here we go. At 22 cents. At 22 cents. <laughs> well, I know why, because it costs literally a million mana. Uh, flying, double strike, vigilance, trample, indestructible. The sky takes flight and the earth trembles. Mr. Combo, hot, hot take. Hot take coming in. Uh -oh. This card is a mono white staple. If you're right, no. oh yeah, oh yeah. No, tell me you. Staple? You tell me a game where this card hasn't been played and you don't immediately poop your pants. This is a pants poop card. <laughs> it's a pants pooper. This card says it's six. I, mean, eight I, wouldn't, I wouldn't run this in my SRAM vehicle deck. But that's because that deck is a fake deck. It's really supposed to be a red deck that you're just forcing into being white. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so yeah, this is your backup commander in the yes. deck because there will be times where Esha costs 10 or more and it's like, well, for eight, I could basically get Esha because it has indestructible trample, vigilance, <laughs> double strike flying. It's gonna wreck house. And when you start, and the cool thing about it, and some people know this, some people don't, all the swords of X and Y's, or when you deal combat damage, yep. what happens with double strike? It happens yes. twice. Uh, I'm gonna stop you there. This is <laughs> David. I was gonna say something. Uh, and in, <laughs> this is in a deck. This is your backup commander. Doesn't matter what deck it is. <laughs> it's so good. Um, also, this was the originator. Zatolpa has a has a big place in my heart and in the collector's heart because this was a card that spawned the guys. I'm just playing cards. I don't know what you're angry about. <laughs> <laughs> it came from this big bitch right here. <laughs> I like that big yeah, this, bitch. This, I need to get an altar of Zatolpa, or it's just a big bitch. It's like that scene from uh, Deuce Bigelow where it's like, "That's a huge bitch." <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well, let's wrap up the East package. Now we're going to head over to the spicy meat to ball and big tuck. Surprisingly, a lot of options yeah. in here. Uh, and this one, I don't know why it's in spice. I think I know, but um, this is another stacks card and it makes people rest easy. It's rips. Oh. We're talking rips here. Rest in peace. RIP. Colorless and a white for an enchantment. Uh, when rest in peace enters the battlefield, exile all cards from all graveyards. If, creature, if a card or token would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile instead. I will keep watch, which is, I'm pretty sure Gideon, is that supposed to be? It's about three bucks. So, you know, we talked about that. This is the easiest way to deal with, to deal with graveyard decks and the like of those. So yeah. I, everyone knows this card. It's a mono white standard of some variety, right? So I guess my question is, do you have it in the East because you can backfire on you? And then spice. spice yes. Yes. 
Yes, because you'll actually see, and it's not one of the ones that I'm I'm talking about. My next one is a contradiction to Rest in Peace, which is why this one's also in Spice. But then also sort of Light and Shadow oh, is also right, in Spice right. because it needs a graveyard. So I do actually have things in the deck. And, you know, we didn't talk about it. I have Miria Shepard. Yep. And here, that favorite, is graveyard. Yeah. So actually, I do. I mean, I kind of have like a mono white graveyard sub. I got super sub theme. Yeah. There's like four or five cards in the deck that want stuff in the graveyard to pull back out. Um, so it can backfire on me. And honestly, in this deck, I'm not that stressed about other people's graveyards. Because mm -hmm. to me, Voltron, I'm trying to end the game by like turn eight. Yeah. Is, I'm trying to do it as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Long story short. And Rest in Peace doesn't help that in any way, shape, or form. Would it be better for me to throw another like Argentum armor or some like banger equipment in here? Probably. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is nice to have that interaction with other opponents' graveyards just in case they are trying to do some dredge Golgari yeah. type yeah, yeah. stuff. All right. Well, mine, like I said, direct contradiction <laughs> to this one. I love this card. I hate that it's six mana. Yeah. I've never been able. I think I've been able to play it once. Um, and the one time I did, it was a banger. We're talking about Martyr's mm -hmm. Bond. It reads so yeah, good. it really does. It's just so expensive. Uh, yeah. Four colorless white white enchantment. Whenever Martyr's Bond or another non-land permanent you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a permanent that shares a card type with it. What's Gideon's voice? I don't know if we have we, one. Do we have like a set Should one? Should we? I mean, we don't. I mean, you kind you what, what did you do for rest in peace? I, I, I don't know. It's just like generic, like, I'm, I'm Captain Kill Guy. All right. One life at a time. <laughs> That's how the world will be saved. So, I like it. <laughs> um, obviously, this is a this is an amazing card because people are going to be trying to remove my stuff yeah. as often as they can, and it kind of puts it in a modal your choice situation. Do you want to remove Martyr's yeah. Bond and just take the one hit on enchantments, or are you trying to get rid of Feast and Famine? Are you trying to get rid of the Wanderer? Uh, maybe there's some stacks creature on the battlefield. Right, 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 right. That it, it's just. Do you, do you take your licking now and then hopefully someone else has the removal for the thing that you need to get rid of? Or are you going to remove the thing that you need to get rid of? Because we talk yeah. about it all the time. Enchantment removal is still, still at a premium. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. kind of like the same thing when like you're we've talked about like tutoring, right? It's like, well, do you, do you tutor the tutor? Do you counter the tutor? Do you deal with the tutor or do you deal with the thing that the tutor gets? Right. I think we're both weird. And what if the thing you get, it's like, what if it's yeah, right. It's like you don't know. exactly. And I think like I think that's the same thing here. I, I agree. This card re reads really good, especially because it's each opponent. Right. But I just mm -hmm. I've never I've I'm in the same boat. I've run this in decks. I've never seen it cast. And I feel that this is a card that that decision won't even be made because someone's going to counterspell it or they're going to like it's yeah. immediately like it's going to come down and it's immediately going to get shot. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think if it does stick, especially if you don't have that much and you only have like artifacts, maybe a creature to an enchantment, people are going to wonder like, well, is it worth keeping this around because it's going to stop that guy's creatures and if or that guy's enchantments and that sort of thing. So interesting card I, yeah. I completely agree with you where it does fit into the spice in this current build all right guys well that's going to wrap up the spice package now we're going to head over to the bottle capping and as a reminder it's going to be big text and ice cuts and adds to the deck they're going to be under five under 50 and a no budget recommendation we just can't talk about snow covered planes <laughs> all right guys i'm going to start it off with my under five dollars i like this card 
because it and, and you'll see a kind of theme in my cuts because I think I overestimated <laughs> or overvalued how good this effect is. Okay, so I'm gonna cut Teo the Shadow. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, two colorless white legendary planeswalker Teo, and the reason I had it in here is it has a static yeah. effect of you have hexproof. I think I put way too big of a premium on the target player piece of this. I, it's it's a thing, but I don't think it's a big enough thing that I need to like have dedicated cards to deal with it. Not yet. I think you have, and so and the rest of it is so you have hexproof, and then minus two create an O three white wall creature token with defender. Okay, um, and it comes and it comes down with five loyalty. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think you I think you're right. Um, I, I like this card, right? I've talked about how exciting this card is, but I think I think in a vacuum, it doesn't really punch at the weight class you want it to. And we didn't yeah. talk about it, and I don't know if you're going to cut or not, but like you already have the ley line that does this in here. And to me, that's just a better card to have than this. Yeah, I'm cutting actually. You cutting are? That one too. Wow, okay. You were, yeah. you were joking. You're taking the shears to it. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty okay. much. Um, what? So the card I'm going to add, though, is a card that I did not know existed. Uh, thank God there were 14 people with their deck lists for EDH Rec <laughs> to pull the data. Um, so I'm actually going to add a aura, which I don't have a lot of in the deck. You so, do not have one. I'm going to add it. Yeah. Uh, Entangler. Entangler. That's amazing. Two colorless white, white enchant creature. Enchanted creature oh. may block any number of creatures. Whoa. What a blowout. Banger. That's so good. 30. <laughs> 39 cents. Wow. Yeah. And I get it. I can see why it's probably so cheap is because of the fact that like most creatures don't have protection from right. creatures. So, uh, and of course there is flavor text. Uh, we don't know who it's coming. Oh, no, it's Latula. Oh God. Lat Latula. All right. Uh, oh, and it's a chick. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. You got, I got it. it. Um, feel, feel the voice. Feel the voice. <laughs> Tell me again, said Latula, raising her fist. How just one woman held back an entire Keldon platoon? You sound like, Be like I, yeah, it's kind of like the old woman from Game of Thrones. A little bit, like kind of regal. It's a good reading. Oh, uh, wait, what old woman? I don't remember. Are you talking about like the the uh, Lady of Thorns? Kinda, yeah, I thought it was a little bit of that, like a younger. See, I was trying to channel more my like Carrie Fisher, Princess oh, Leia. Oh, oh, like, yeah. The rally the, yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it, it's a four drop for a four drop. So I'm not increasing my CMC, yep. which is great. It's a dirt cheap card. So I'm not going to feel upset buying a foil copy of it. Cause I'm sure a foil copy is dirt cheap as right. well. And this is a thing. Put this on Esha. And if I can give her vigilance, I'm almost untouchable yeah. unless it's a bounce effect or if I don't give her indestructible of some mm -hmm. kind. Yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome card. I never heard, never heard of that before. Um, just seems like a complete beating. Uh, so I am, I'm also cutting Teo for the same reasons that you may mention, right? Good card, maybe wrong deck for it. Um, so I'm going to cut yeah. it for something again. I'm adding two things that effectively draw you a card because <laughs> you refuse to do them. So I'm even, I'm even playing your game, Mr. Combo. I'm doing it the way that you want. So, um, <laughs> there's a card that came out in, um, a card that came out in commander legends. It's about a buck. That I think I—it's <laughs> another—it's another creature that's a three colorless and a white, so fits the theme there. 
Um, and I think that this is worth running and seeing what happens. So I want to talk about Armored Sky Hunter. So three colors and a okay. white for a creature, Cat Knight, flying 3-3. Three, three. When it attacks with the top six cards of your library, you may put an aura or equipment card from among them onto the battlefield. If an equipment is put on the battlefield this way, you may attach it to a creature you control, put the rest of those cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. So like, okay. and I, I just, I just crunched numbers and you have, you have 19 artifacts and I think almost all of them minus like a handful. So probably 15, you have 15 hits yeah. potentially in six cards, right? Which is pretty good. Yeah. Again, this is probably better in the build that we talked about where it's like super high CMC, but Worst case scenario is this is also now your third backup commander behind the Zotopla. It's got evasion, it's got a good body, and can kind of boost yeah. himself. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, and honestly, I know we've kind of talked about like the alternate version high CMC. Mm -hmm. I think the with the restriction of being mono white, any help, is help. <laughs> right. and if this effectively draws a card and cheats it out. That does two things that mono white doesn't do very right, well right, right. at all. Um, so yeah, I could I could see this over Teo for sure. Um, it it kind of makes me want to try to find something else to cut, like maybe a stacks card, because yeah. maybe this helps me in the game quicker to where I don't need the stacks mm -hmm. card to do it. Yeah. So again, I I'm keen on this card, but I don't have any data or any sort of sure. thing on it. But I think it, I think it'd be a good fit for this deck. All right. Well, uh, my under fifty. I'm, I, like I mentioned, I'm getting rid of this whole hexproof stuff <laughs> for me. Uh, Leyline of Sanctity. It, it is a good card. You could argue it's a mono-white staple because of its effect. I just, I, I don't think the me having hexproof is honestly that big of a deal. So two colorless white-white enchantment uh, coming in about two bucks. Uh, if Leyline's in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield, turn zero play, yep. and you have hexproof. So uh, don't need to get into like why I don't need hexproof yep. anymore. I just, I do think it's an... I think a player having hexproof is an overrated ability to where there are better cards to put in the deck. And yeah, this card, I am shocked I do not have in the deck. It just baffles me. The four drop, keeping with the four, <laughs> with the four Hammer of Nazar. Oh, yeah. What, what are you not what are you this doing? here? Uh, four colorless legendary artifact equipment. Uh, you can get it for about yeah. $10. Whenever it or another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach that equipment to target creature you oh. control. Equip creature gets plus two, plus zero, and has indestructible, so that solves one of those yep. issues. And equip four, which in theory, I should never have to do, because once I give Esha indestructible, I should be yeah. set. Outside of a bounce or an exile effect, I should be good. Um, and this, this does everything the deck yeah. wants. Gives Esha more protection. A buffs her, so now it's a 4-4 four, four hitting you. And it helps me cheat mana because I don't have to pay the equip cost. Yes, alternate version, it's probably better in the bigger CMC equipment uh, equip decks. But I think for this, even if I'm saving four mana a turn, right. that allows me to play an extra sword of X and Y. Right. I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Instead of just paying one and equipping it, I can play two now. That's fantastic. This card, so, this card, this uh, card is just, oh. I've seen it. I saw it on two different games on Latin when I played a week ago Friday with Marketing Ross at all. And both times, it was like the card to beat on the table. It, it This oh, really? one card drove everything that was happening around the table. It drove the politics. It drove the removal. It drove everything. Wow. Like I think now that this is $10, so we talk a lot about like, is it worth it? 
unquestionably this card's going to go back up to $20 yeah. and look there's going to be a new equipment package commander that comes out that's going to be unbeatable grab this if you don't have one because this card is worth every penny yeah completely agree um I just can't believe I overlooked yeah. it when I was building the deck because it's not like it just came out, so. uh, all right and you have one because you have half the cards from the kitty cat deck when this was first printed in Oh, that's true. Uh, I, God, where is that? I have no idea where that's at. Um, anyways, yeah. <laughs> Tuck, what is your under 50 cut and under 50 ass? So I, you, there's, I'm cutting one more spice, um, and I, I kind of really, I struggled on what cards to cut, right? Because it, it is fairly streamlined, but the one thing I wasn't seeing enough of was your double strikes right i didn't see i didn't okay. see a lot of enablement on that so i'm actually gonna cut elspeth knight errands um yeah i'm gonna okay. cut that for my personal recommendation so, too so, so um two colorless white white planeswalker elspeth uh comes in with four loyalty i think it's a mythic uh, around ten dollars so plus one or why don't you read the plus abilities? uh plus one you get to make a white white soldier yep uh, plus one target creature gets plus three plus three and flying till end of turn which honestly to pause there that's the reason I yep. had it is it's like well it does make Esha a five so that is nice and she just gets bigger from a planeswalker perspective right. the minus eight's cute I don't think I could ever pull it off in a, a Voltron deck uh, you get an emblem with artifacts creatures enchantments and lands you control have indestructible yeah so it's just like I get it but I think your other the rest of your planeswalker package that you have like Nahiri the Lithomancer is just a better version of this for one more mana for what this deck is trying to do. Yeah. And I think the the flying depends on everything. If you're running a Voltron a commander that doesn't have flying, this card's probably pretty good. But the fact, like, I just hate the yeah. fact that it's like that redundant ability when you don't need it. So um, there's an enchantment that I'm a huge fan of. It's two colors and a white. It's called Duelist Heritage. So okay. this was the one that caught you by surprise when we did our jumpstart uh, spoil. So, Duelist Heritage is two colors and white for an enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures attack, you may have target attacking creature gain double strike until end of turn. The best techniques outlive their creators. So, not only does this give your boy double strike, it which is good, right? It's repeatable. It can give anything in particular. You don't have to attach it. None of that. This is also an amazing politics card. Because you can say, okay, look, if you attack him, I'll give you double strike and he'll go down even faster, right? This is just another stacks card style for this deck that just directly deals with your opponents doing their thing. Okay, you know, I actually, I like that because the, the one thing I was a little worried about is because it is target. And so, you know, if it has protection, if it has pro white uh, or shroud, I wouldn't be able to target Esha with it. But I actually think, Tuck, you're onto a bigger point where I think this is actually better politics stacksy kind of card to where it's like hey if you swing at tuck i'll give your xyz creature double strike instead right. and it'll like defer them from attacking me right 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 um so actually i like it more for that because let's be honest double strike with two power now granted she should yeah i was just gonna say power, <laughs> two power to four yeah that's not a big deal but <clears throat> i like the politics piece of this that's that's a that's a it's, it's a fun it's a really um, fun card and i've i've played it a fair amount and it always always brings something to the table for sure all right we're on to the no budget i talked about yeah. i'm gonna cut elspeth we don't need to go into it again i'm gonna cut it for a card it's a little anti what i've been doing with a lot of my equipments you know tuck's been talking about this alternate build alternate build <laughs> stuff. i'm finally uh, doing it and so i was like you know 
So I, I thought, you know, <laughs> let me uh, add in not a high CMC, but a high equip cost. Oh, I know what this is. Colossus. Are you going to bring the hammer? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one colorless <laughs> artifact equipment uh, for a couple bucks. Wow, it's up to $2 it's, now. It's played a lot. I need to get one of these. Uh, equip creature. Gets plus 10, plus 10, and loses flying. Could care less yeah. about flying. I got protection from creatures. And matter. equip eight. Uh, and then uh, there's only one way to be sure. It's really dead. Yeah. So I think we have enough things in here to where I can cheat the equip cost. Like a hammer yep. is on if I add that. We have the Sigarda's aid. But honestly, like, this would be a card to where it's like, well, I could cast Esha for eight. Or I can equip the Colossus Hammer to this thing. They are open, and I'll just hit yeah. them for 13. There you go, yeah. It's still a great card, and it's a nice card where it's not a high CMC investment and equip. Play, I don't have anything turn one. Play this turn one. And it'll be a thing that people are like, ooh, you got to watch that. But then everyone's going to forget. Right. They're going to see Sword Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hammer, hammer is on. Six yeah. swords in a row. Sword of the Animus. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I can't believe it's $2. It's just such a, be it's just a beater card. Um, I think it's hysterical. I'm, I'm here for it. 100%. Great ad. And I'm going to get you a way to go get it. Ooh. Uh, all right, Tuck. Well, what are you going to cut? What are you going to add for your no budget? Make me spend all the money. Card? So I also agree with you that I think you have over redundancy in certain effects. Right. And I was trying to find yeah. the ones that I was trying to find the ones that I felt were the least efficient at doing so. Right. So of the cards that I was looking through, the one that I didn't like, and I think there's a couple different options here. Um, I would say it's a split between like Draneth Magistrate um, and Cursed Totem. But I'm going to go with Draneth Magistrate because that's what I wrote down. So Draneth Magistrate. What? It stops people playing this one color. It's one colorless and a white for a creature, human, wizard, Harry. Oh. <laughs> Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands, and it's like five bucks. Oh. I know. I listen. So that's why I'm telling you that there's you can go through and figure out what redundant effect that you want to cut. Right. As you may mention, I think you're kind of overextended in some of them. This card for me, I just I don't know. I've never been excited by it. I when it got spoiled, I know people there's a big hoopla about it. It dies the lightning bolt. It doesn't have any evasion. It's a shitty commander in and of itself. Like it, this is a bad target. And more importantly, Mr. Combo, it doesn't cost three colors and a white and have four toughness. <laughs> so Okay, that's fair. But I will say I have played this card it, it, a few times in this Esha. It works. Because then they're not using the removal on Esha. They yeah, gotta use the removal on that. on that. Because my mindset, and I know you and I are of, of the same thing. Most people build build an EDH deck around the commander. Right. If you don't have access to your commander, your deck probably doesn't function mm. most of the time. Now there are some outliers out right. there where you, they don't need their commander at all, like an Aloro. But nine times out of ten, people need their commanders. And it being a two drop, man, I've played this turn two, and I think like Sir Nathan was like, uh, you know, Mister Combo, I like you, but uh, yeah, fuck you. That, he, that, he, he is known for saying that exact string of words. So maybe I. <laughs> Maybe it's just my personal, again, like this is just my opinion on it. You can find a card sure. cut for this, but for me, out of all the ones you have, I think this one does the least, right? So I'm going to okay. cut it for another draw spell. And I want to bring those up for two reasons. One, because it's really good. And second off is because I traded it to Fat Ryan for like five. I, okay. 
We're talking about Steel Shaper's Gift. It's the most basic card on the planet, and it's very upsetting. One white, sorcery. Search the library for an equipment card, reveal it, put it into your hand, shuffle your library. $30? $30? What? Some blades seek their own welders, wielders. Ooh. And that is, I think, Umazawa's jet on there. That, so that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up. A, it's a draw card for you, right? B, just can go get your Colossus Hammer, sure. do whatever you want with it. So great. You know, like, just a great card for the deck. The problem is, I bought this for five, traded it to Fat Ryan for 10, and now it's 30. And as soon as I looked that up, I was very angry. I was trying to figure out how I could, how I could shoehorn this into this deck and bring up that, except to bring up that very anecdote. <laughs> Um, so again, uh, no, I, I like it. One drop. It's yep. cheap. Uh, go, go get whatever equipment I need to the hand for the time. Um, play turn one, go get sword of the animus. And then you're like, you got your ramp yeah. package going, even if you have it on like your drain of magistrate, right? Like late game, go get your Colossus hammer. Cause you already have your hammer in the zone or whatever sort of rigging rules that you're having around. Yeah, no, I really like that. Uh, I don't know if I'm spending $30 for it, but uh, I like it. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I'm spending $30, I'm getting Demonic Tutor, <laughs> not yeah, in a Skill exactly. gift. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that's going to be the end of the episode. And as promised, here are those details about that giveaway. Um, we're giving away a mystery bundle. We're working it out with level one right now. Obviously, we wanted to do something with Time Spiral, but um, I don't think that's going to happen just because like the prices are just astronomical. And we're obviously not trying to put our, our sponsor in a bind. So I, I think one of the ideas we're toying with is doing a starter deck around one of the legends mm -hmm. that came out in Time nice. Spiral. Yes. So, uh, you know, get, give you the commander and then, you know, maybe 10, 15 cards to kind of get you going. Uh, what that will be, you guys will have to find out next week on MTG Action 4 News when we announce the winner. Uh, to enter, it's super simple. Just promote all the content we produce, whether it's audio, video, Patreon, all of that stuff. You get an entry for inter every interaction you do with us on social media, liking the posts, retweeting them, quoting them. Uh, we will announce the winner on that MTG Action 4 News like I talked about next Tuesday. And yes, we'll post it on our Twitter account soon after, just in case you missed the episode. And yes, these giveaways happen every month. It just depends on what level one can do. So please support them so they can support you. We would love a five-star review. Hit that follow button. Hit that like button on whatever consumption platform you're listening to us on, whether that be YouTube or a podcast. Uh, we do love that positive feedback. It helps us improve the content, whether it's the actual audio piece, whether it's the editing piece or the video piece. If you would like to reach out to us and find more ways to enter into the contest, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comment number five on Twitter, all spelled out, except for the five. Big Tuck. Where can they reach? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to take Twitter back to active status on my phone. Whoa. Yeah, I think, I think things have calmed down suitably, and I'm on there at Big Tuck Tweety. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower uh, on Twitter as well. We will have the deck list posted and an article at cmttower.com slash BNBE83. Tuck, I can't believe we've done 83 episodes. Oh, it's kind of wild. That is just crazy. Um, and also, I mean, you could essentially type in Champion's <laughs> Helm, Marble Diamond, Dark Steel Plate, Tower, <laughs> Sweet McGee, if people want to get a hold of yourself and your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? He can do everything you need from an audio perspective. He does have a full studio. So whenever uh, you have the vaccine and he has the vaccine, you can definitely come into town and uh, do a little what we call rigmarole. Now, I will say. Uh, and by the way, 
go ahead i was gonna say we went to your guys's concert where he did the audio two weekends ago and yeah, he is insanely talented um i will say this we were just having some brews over at rock creek and talking about this very thing masks are required Ooh. and we're back on the banana hammock train gotta have one of those if you're coming yeah. into the studio <laughs> Um, if you guys would like to support our sponsor with the orders you're already doing and let them know that these monthly giveaways are worth it, uh, head over to level1gameshop.com and you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So they know that you came from The Collective. Uh, they do sell singles, sealed product, board games, Warhammer, all that stuff. So uh, they could definitely help you out with whatever you need. Another way you could actually support us financially is to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we have the four different tiers, including Aaron getting that awesome shout yeah. out, which we'll do whenever you join, no matter what tier it is, uh, to, you know, even getting a playmat, sleeves, tokens, coin, the whole kit and caboodle. And I will tell you, our Discord is fire. Yeah, it's been uh, super active. If, if you're looking for people to talk to, if you're looking for games to jam, Redacted. Wow, bit. where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, we're at the end of the episode, and I'm about to go eat, make some chilaquiles, and I was feeling nice. Good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and once we get to 50 patrons, we will even start having our patron community on Brews and Builds every month as a guest spot. So, get it yeah. out there, infect your friends to join the collective. And of course, Pink Royal, thanks for the music you guys provide. And T-Coats, our amazing yeah, video editor. Make sure you guys let him know uh, the awesome job that he does. If you're if you're wanting, to, if you see things that you see in other content creators' videos that you'd like him to do in ours, please reach out to him at T-Coats on Twitter. So Tuck, Saturday morning, I've sobered yeah, up in the last uh, hour 43. I was like, I feel great. And I've drank, I think I've drank like six bottles of water. Uh, Bird of Prey, I should run solo. Uh, how do you how do you feel about the deck? I know you've seen this yeah. deck often. Talking about it, do you get more of why the deck was built mm -hmm. this way, and do you hate it a little bit less? I, okay, let me go on record. I've never said I hated this deck. I like I always like this deck, and I got I commend you on building it because it's definitely of the decks you own. This is one that's more on the me side of the spectrum, right? Um, so yep. no, I, I think, I think it works. Like that's the thing. That's what I pulled away from this, right? Is like the deck works in concept. I think it works well in execution. It's just like well-designed from that standpoint. As they mentioned, I'm not a huge stacks guy, but everything that's in here, like we've, like we've said over and over and over again, it's just countering another deck that they can't deal with. So I think in that, in that regards, it's well-built, um, and well-minded for a mono white deck, given the obvious limitations in the, in that color. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad we talked about it. This is a deck I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Like like Big Tuck mentioned, once I get my mindset on a deck, I won't shut up about it. Uh, insert Xeris for oh six months. Oh my God. So. Talk, about a, talk about a dark season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there. I think there is some redundancy in here. I think the whole hexproof thing was a cool concept, just doesn't work um, in reality. And um, I think, you know, you've recommended cards that I hadn't even heard of or hadn't seen mm -hmm. in a while. Um, I was able to find cards that like Entangler yeah. that like, why the hell wouldn't you have this in here or Hammer of Nizan? Yeah. Like, Jesus, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, I, I'm excited to maybe try to improve this deck considering I typically don't alter my decks within the first year of building right. them. Um, and I think this is one I think these are all slam yeah. dunks. Like, gotta do it. And the cards that I'm cutting, like Elspeth, 
and um, Ley Line of Sanctity, I'll have other decks yep, for it. So exactly. I don't feel bad like, oh, I invested this money into this card for this deck, and now I'm cutting it, uh, now it's just going to sit in a trade right. binder. No, I actually have decks that I could probably throw that Blue stuff agree. in. So I loved it. Uh, this was great. And uh, long live Snyder Cut. Yeah.